What is up? It's me, Ali, and I am back with a brand new episode of Wu Town, the podcast. Welcome back. It's been a while. How are you? What are you celebrating? I've missed you. Um, maybe you missed me too. Uh, I'm celebrating a lot. Uh, I'm celebrating a lot of big things, some small things. Uh, big things. I am finally settling into my home here in San Francisco and feeling like a sense of familiarity and um you know, just like a level of comfort that is really exciting for me. Um, and I am also celebrating being able to spend some time with my nephew last weekend, uh, being able to attend a breathwork class tonight, um, and some really fun friendships that I am building here in the city. I hope that you have a similar list of things that you're celebrating. Um, and that they're big, they're small, whatever. Uh, I think for me, today is exciting because um, I am having a really easy time tapping into a spirit of gratitude, which I feel like I normally have, but today is just even more. I think it might have something to do with the fact that the weather was absolutely beautiful today. I got to ride a scooter, um, and it's just been a really good day. Uh, As I was coming home from my breathwork class, I had this really strong urge to come home and record this intro for the podcast. Um, and I also had a super strong urge to pull a tarot card as I have in the past. And, uh, as always, I shuffled the deck. I, um, I, put my intention in the cards and I asked the question, what do people need to hear right now? And, um, I used my newest tarot deck, um, by Adam J Kurtz or Adam JK. Thank you so much, Brett. Um, my boyfriend Brett got me that deck and, uh, it's super cute deck. But anyways, I was pulling the card and, um, once again, I pulled a card from the major arcana, uh, and the card was strength. So I'm not sure what you're going through, what you're dealing with, whoever is listening to this. Um, but strength basically, it points out a lot of things and it reminds us of a lot of things. So one of my favorite things that it points out is that we are at our strongest when we acknowledge, uh, both our higher self and our shadow self. So parts of us that we are less proud of, um, you know, the mix of the positive and the negative, when we acknowledge that those are in concert with one another, uh, is when we tap into our highest strength. Um, it reminds us that we are resilient, uh, and it basically, um, encourages us to move forward and, Though we may be navigating a tough time or situation or relationship, um, that while fear may exist there, that uh, we don't have to let that be a part of the conversation. So I hope that that helps you wherever you're at on your journey. Um, For me, it's funny because I pulled some tarot cards last weekend and I pulled strength like three times. So, um, you know, I just think that when a card keeps showing itself that that definitely means something and I'm still working that out but um it definitely is a nod from the universe and I hope that it resonates with you switching gears um I recorded this episode a while ago um the conversation at least and I was able to connect with my old friend Mika who is a wonderful human being. She is incredibly intelligent and funny and smart. She's a super talented baker, uh, and she is a certified somatic coach. And you may or may not know what that is, um, but last summer I had a session with her, and it kind of, it's funny, the timing of it came like right before I kind of dove into all of these Um, wellness practices having to do with getting more in touch with your body. But 
I wish I had done the session now because I think it would go a lot further. Anyways, we're going to talk about it, but Mika is a certified somatic coach and educator, and after close to 10 years leading economic and social justice initiatives, she pivoted towards neuropsychology with the hunch that social change needed to go deeper. Today, Mika teaches tools based in the body to help diverse teams get to the heart of the emotional and relational skills essential for working better together. Um, so she's basically like an emotional neuropsychological uh, entrepreneur, which I think is really cool and um, a really unique perspective to have and something that I think the world is thirsty for. Um, she is, like I said, an expert on feelings. Um, she's currently going back to school, um, for a graduate degree in neurobiology and she is obsessed with teaching people the emotional skills they need to change the world, which for me, someone who gets so much strength from vulnerability, um, so much strength from being in touch with my emotions. Um, this conversation was such a dream. I I really enjoyed it. We talked a lot about stress in the body, talked about how um, the body can carry intergenerational trauma, um, which is such a real thing and I think something that we don't talk nearly enough about. Um, All of the things that go uh, in with starting a business, um, you know, trying to feel, tap into that confidence and um, care for yourself while you're doing that and going to school, which is nuts, um, but amazing. And the physiology of emotion, which I think is something that we could all learn so much more about. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Mika, which I highly recommend it, especially if you're in the Seattle area, she teaches a lot of workshops and, um, private sessions, uh, all things like that, um, that I think are really valuable. Um, you can reach her at her website, which is Mika.co. Uh, so that's M I E K A dot C O. And you can also find her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Mika.co underscore. Again, that's M-I-E-K-A dot C-O underscore. And with that, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mika. Thank you so much for joining me, Mika. I am super excited to have this conversation with you. Um, I know that you do a lot of personal and professional work that's relevant to the things that um, we care about. So I am really happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm excited to be talking with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Um, So I thought it would be easy to just start off um, just real quickly with kind of like a grounding or grounding question of um, what, what do you think self-care means for you personally? Um, self-care for me personally has to do with creating this space to listen to myself. I think for a long time, I thought self-care had something to do with like the things I did like if I ate well, it was good self-care or if I like worked out, it was good self-care. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, if I performed certain activities, but more and more what self-care is all about isn't, um, it's not even like necessarily meditating. It's just making sure I have the space in my life, in my schedule, um, in my day to take time to be able to listen to and respond to what I need, Um, which can look a lot of different ways depending on the day. Um, You know, sometimes self-care is like, I'm going to eat the Molly Moon's ice cream with almond butter and chocolate on top while I watch House of Cards. (laughs) Um, And some days it's like, I'm going to run through the woods. Yeah, 100%. I really like that because I think that creating space to listen to yourself means um, 
like it's it's meeting really everyone where they are too like um that could be meditation for someone for someone else it could be going for a walk taking a shower um like doing something that uh is just like like an act of love slash creating space for you um to connect but yeah yeah, great thank you um so how has your recent academic pursuits um how has that kind of like influenced this internal conversation Mm. Um, I think to answer that, I'll probably dive into my like past academic pursuits too. Yeah, please do. Um, geez. So, um, as a undergraduate student, I studied business and political science and I specifically focused in like creating the next economy. And I worked with all these people who were, um, really on the forefront of thinking about how is our economy exploitative? How is it going to change as technology changes? And how can we um, change it to be more um, supportive to people? Almost like how can our systems care for people more? Mm -hmm. And in doing that work, I found over and over again that I was like working with the most brilliant people Um, and intellectually we were just so on it, but then in how we actually engaged in our lives and engaged with each other seemed to be as um, like harmful to ourselves as all of these systems we were trying to change. And I mean, I've had sort of this lifelong obsession with um, like yoga and movement and just like maybe the whole contemplative world. So I got very curious about how does this relationship with self connect with these larger systems issues. Um, And I guess that can bring us into like fast forwarding. Um, I eventually started studying trauma in the body and studying how – all of these systems of oppression in our world um, hurt us, how they disable us from being able to listen to ourselves. And um, then started to get into this like science of the nervous system. Um, How does stress affect who we become um, and how we're able to experience? And I was reading all these articles and it's like, there's just so much exploding out in the world in this field that, um, I mean, I just had to go back to school. Um, so I just started my master's in applied neuroscience and I'm particularly interested in like relational neuroscience and looking at like deep emotion circuits in the brain. Yeah, that is so wild. I'm so happy for you, by the way. I think it's so cool and such a perfect fit for you to go back to school for this because, um, I mean, specifically because of your belief systems and like how, um, well, first of all, we also need like really powerful women like you in science. Um, So I think that's really cool. But one thing that you said is like how stress affects us. And that's something that I've noticed a lot lately is, you know, obviously we think so quickly about stress. Um, the first thing to come to mind is like, oh, well, I'm really stressed out at work right now, or this personal situation is causing me a lot of stress right now. Um, but one thing that I've I've come to really believe lately um, is like that there are so many different kinds of stress, like kinds that we notice and kinds that we, and that we don't notice at all, but are still very real. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's where like getting in touch with my nervous system, like strengthening my nervous system and my connection to um, my body has really helped me identify those different kinds of stress and figure out, you know, how to, um, not just manage it, but 
improve my uh, ability to to navigate it moving forward. Totally. Um, it's, it's a really interesting lens. I'm actually, I'm starting to do some diversity and inclusion training around this. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about intersectionality and we talk a lot about privilege, but I, and I think, you know, these are good conversations to have. Um, and I think they're very interesting to have in correspondence with, how does our body interact with our identity in the world and then the context in which we developed? And when we consider like our nervous system and our biology in relationship to, you know, I'm a um, like tall, thin white woman with blonde hair who grew up in the United States, um, then how does that enable me to like act or not act what patterns does it create basically how does it it shape me um as i'm a body that is um you know like interacting with the system around me if that makes sense and then how does that change if i am of a different identity or if the context changes does that make sense oh, 100% i mean just at like a, the very most basic um, points like to live in this world in different bodies everyone has a different experience but like to be a tall thin white woman versus being um, you know a large black man or really any person of color is like a completely different experience and, and different, um, obviously varying levels of stress in the world and, um, ways of carrying that in the body as well. So I'm really glad you brought it up because I mean, obviously it's something that we need to be talking about and, um, that folks need to be like constantly learning about because it's not something that we've intentionally I feel like delved into historically well yeah yeah and you know I think we have conversations about self-care without talking about identity and context a lot um you know we've kind of talked about this a little bit like self-care is like you know take a bath with your bath bomb and um you know, I don't think that's necessarily good or bad. It just depends on who you are and what you need and what that moment looks like. But I think if we have the conversation about self-care without thinking about, like, quite literally how our nervous systems are um, reacting to stress and then what kind of resources they have available to them, and I mean, this is like in your cells, like biological oh reality. Intergenerationally uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, when you, when you can think about it on that level, all of a sudden, um, the stuff that seems like fluffy is like, no, no, no. Like we can touch that. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could rant about that forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's like its own its own entire series and more. Uh, mm. no, I'm glad you brought it up and it's it's um it's so awesome that it's like a part of your like academic uh pursuit. I think that's really cool and necessary. Um so one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast is, um, A, it just kind of kept coming to me. Like I would see what you're doing, you know, on social media. And like, I thought about our like somatics coaching session we did last summer and it just seemed like, right. But also one of the influences behind that is that like when you and I spent a lot of time together a few years ago, um, I was just always like really taken with the fact that you 
had such a rock solid sense of identity. And I know that, you know, we talked a little bit about how your relationship with self-care has evolved more recently, but back then, um, I saw you as someone who was really like beyond our peers, you know, in the same age group in terms of knowing yourself, caring for yourself. Um, and yeah, I just, I, it seemed like just super appropriate to have you on and just to like talk about it. Oh, thanks. That's, I feel like honored and, and humbled. And it's also, it's, um, it's cool to be on your own journey and the way you see it inside yourself and then to hear a reflection back of, um, you know, how people understand and perceive you. Oh my gosh, 100%. It's so wild. Um, So (laughs) what's been like a highlight, like a recent highlight of this journey for you? Ooh, a recent highlight of like my self-care journey? Yeah, or like, you know, learning what or how to love yourself, um, anything like in that arena. Um. Okay, so here's one. Being an entrepreneur is hard, um, in case anyone ever wondered. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think, um, you know, I see myself as um, quite smart, like not to toot my own horn, but just I think I have a tendency to think that I'll be able to do things like faster or it'll be easier. And honestly, that's like complete bullshit. Um, Um, and, you know, starting a business is, it pushes up against like every doubt or like, I don't know, like way that I hold myself back. Um, and what's been interesting, I mean, especially recently is like, I can't just develop this like whole methodology, like over here in my living room and expect to share it with people. I actually have to go out and share my ideas with the world and I need to understand marketing and storytelling and sales and how to talk to a particular audience and make things make sense for them. Um, and holy shit, it's like, um, it, it pushes up against, I think, beliefs or places where I need to grow or change more um, places where I'm maybe more insecure or less practiced and it can be really uncomfortable. And I think, um, a way that I used to think about self care, um, I think I used to like have more of like a bouncing, like, I would either like be super, super fun and having a really good time, or I would be like pushing like balls to the wall, um, working my ass off mm-hmm. on something. And I think what I'm learning now is there's this level of discomfort that's going to happen and that that's like actually very, very okay. And if anything, when it comes up, it's a good thing. It means that I'm um, almost like unpacking or loosening some like internal restraints I've had on myself for a really long time. Um, But that also means I need to like be very gentle and patient with myself. So there's almost this balance of like rigor, like I'm going to work hard and then um, like slowness and ease and balance and patience. And I think the way that's like materializes is sometimes I choose to do things a lot slower than I used to. Um, it's almost like there's a reverence for the process that has to happen. And um, I mean, that's new for me. Like I usually want to like push and make things happen. Like let's go, 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 go until I kind of have to collapse. And there's a recent like, no, this is the long yeah. haul. Like this is, 
Yeah. Yeah. And you have to like manage the flow too. Cause I mean, for me, like, I think I love what you say about balance of like, yeah, you want to go, but you also need to be gentle with yourself because the more activity, the higher frequency that you're operating and putting things out in the world, you have to manage what comes back and you have to position Mm. yourself, you know, so as to be able to both manage that as well as what you said, be gentle with yourself. Well, and I love when you say that because it's actually like, oh, ooh, here's another yummy, juicy one. Um, I like love this concept of feedback oh, yeah. loops. Um, I think like how you were just saying, it's like everything I put out in the world, it comes back. So it's almost like if I'm going to put all this like work and care and love out into the world, I also have to be able to care for what comes back at me. So there has to be this like sustainability in the loops. Um, And then I actually like to think about that same idea, like within my own body, like um, what, like, for example, if I'm like going on a walk and I'm like um, obsessively thinking about, um, I don't know, like some problem I need to solve, then I'm actually starting this loop of obsessive Mm -hmm. thinking. And then what that does is it like makes my stomach kind of get in a knot. And then I like think about it even more because there's a bigger problem to solve. Whereas I can start a different loop where it's like I'm obsessively thinking and then I'm like, oh, wow, you're really scared about solving this problem. That like makes so much sense. I really care about how you feel about that, like internal dialogue. And then I like relax a little bit and it's like, oh, I showed myself care. And then I relax a little bit. So yeah, this like loop system. We're always creating these loops and how can we do it with care? Absolutely. And I mean, too, like, I love that, like disrupting your own conversation with yourself. Like that's so powerful. And to have like the capacity and like willingness to do that is, important I think to like acknowledge hey this is uncomfortable and that's okay um and also I think one thing that is hard to think about in the moment when we're you know obsessing over something we're like stuck in one of those loops is like I will likely not figure out the solution to this problem from this place Like, Mm -hmm. but it's so tempting to stay there because we feel like we're going to figure it out from that place of like intense, obsessive focus, but, um, it never works. Like I recently went to, um, well, I've been going to this breathwork meditation class and, Um, I went to this really wonderful one led by, um, this person who was kind of just like peppering in like positive affirmations during, um, the class, which like breath work can be pretty intense. And like, one of the things she said was like, are you being kind to yourself? Which seems so like straightforward and like such an easy question um that we should be able to answer yes to um but you know I've been last few months have been like a point of like major transition for me I you know I moved to San Francisco from Seattle um like I I have totally changed my environment and it's been beautiful. It's been wonderful. I love settling in, in San Francisco, but like there have been times that I've been like a little bit impatient of like, well, you know, I want, you want, I want my life to be like as robust here as it was in Seattle. And, um, you know, not even consciously realizing that I'm like having this internal conversation. So when she was like, are you being kind to yourself? I had this realization, like, oh my gosh, I could be so much more gentle with myself right now. Um, So I think it is important to have those like points of disruption in that conversation and say like, hey, (laughs) it's okay. Um, 
But just on a completely different note, because I think you mentioned this a little while back, um, but could you talk a little bit about your business and like how somatic coaching kind of like plays into this? Because I'm also curious about um, like you're witnessing others on their paths of like self-care and self-love. Um, so let's see in, in my business. I mean, I think like with so many of us, we, um, we start with this really big picture and then we start to like hone in and hone in and hone in. And I started this idea of a business thinking really broadly. Like I was thinking about, um, like huge social structures, thinking about our, our economy, um, our culture, like how do those things shape us? I was thinking about like that all the way down to like our relationships with ourselves, our nervous systems, how we relate with each other. And to me, those things are like so, so intertwined um, that I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like my life philosophy in a way Um, like the macro shapes, the micro, the micro shapes, the macro. Um, and I've been figuring out, like, how can I take that out into the world in a way that is, um, really helpful for people, like from this service mindset, like what do people need? And what I have landed on is I teach emotional intelligence through the body. Uh, and I do that as a coach, um, particularly I'm trained as a somatic coach. And then I also do that as a, um, like a facilitator or a teacher. And I do that in uh, workshop settings where individuals come and we do um, like a series of workshops together. Um, and then I also do that for organizations. So I go into businesses and I either talk about communication Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about diversity and inclusion. I talk about emotional intelligence, depending on the need of the organization. So um, let's see. From maybe I'll start with this idea of like emotional intelligence in the body. And I think, you know, really frequently, you know, emotional intelligence is all about having self-awareness. Yeah. It's about having resilience. It's about um, being able to manage interpersonal conflicts. And for me, there's this paradigm shift. Like we so frequently think about that as if like there are these strategies like out here, um, like out in the world that I'm going to learn and I'm going to be able to execute. And I'm all about those strategies, but what I find is they don't actually work very well if you don't learn how the strategies work in the body and you learn to like deeply drop into the body. Um, So for example, like learning to have compassion Mm, and we can like have this idea of compassion. We can think about compassion or you can drop in and you can like imagine, um, no, maybe like a sweet kid who you love or like a dog or some, some being where you're just like, oh, I just want to love you and squeeze you and hold you. And you can feel the sense of compassion inside of you. And then we can start to yeah. notice like when do we have that? When do we have that for ourselves? When do we have that for other people? And then we start to learn that we can actually listen to our bodies and understand that it's, it's that, it's the body, it's the nervous system that's almost like the backbone or the structure that all interpersonal relationships happen um, from. So we're always in this dance of like nervous system to nervous system, body to body. Um, so that, it's from that angle that I talk about emotional intelligence. Wow. That is so wild and deep. <laughs> like, like, it's almost like, <laughs> how are we making each other feel? Like, how do you make me feel? How do I make you feel? And how do I feel for you? Yeah. And I mean, what's, what's nuts though to me 
is that it's it's so basic that we it like we don't even notice it but it's happening all the time. It's almost like there's electricity running in my house, but I'm so used to there being electricity that I don't think about that there's this like current of electricity running through my walls. Um, like even you and I engaging over the phone now, like your body is reacting to the tone of my voice. It can hear how like air is flowing through my lungs. And then as a result, you feel a certain way. And we might think that it has something to do with the words that I'm saying, but as much as it's the words, it's actually the whole being underneath the words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes anyway. total sense. And it's also like a hundred percent, like it, it, you know, you think about tone and you think about feeling and how, you know, so much of, conversation and communication appears to be surface level but like really we are incredibly perceptive beings and our bodies are also have our bodies have the capacity to be even more perceptive if we like you said can drop in and get in touch with that yes and I suppose, you know, on that, what I would want to add is our bodies are on Mm -hmm. autopilot. Like when we drop in, I think what we're really doing is we're increasing our level of choice. Um, And when we don't, what's happening is we're actually perpetuating all of the systems that have been trained into us. So if I'm not looking at um, what systems am I, am I running? It's not that I'm not running systems. It's that I'm not aware of the systems. Yeah. Yeah. This is the subject I get nerdiest about. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's totally wild. And um, I mean, you can start to see this, right? It's like what the zhuzh or the core of what we're talking about is our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with other people but it starts to really connect out to um all of these bigger systems that we're a part of it does and i mean i think about the fact that like yeah we're talking about our relationship a relationship to ourselves first um as we prepare or think about relating to other people and I mean, it's something that, like, I've said before is, like, you can't care for others unless you are caring for yourself. Like, you can't show up in relationships with others. I mean, you can, but it's not going to be as meaningful or genuine if you're not already showing up for that relationship with yourself. Like, the quality... um, just has so much room for improvement when you when you think about yeah. that. And and again from from the perspective of the business, um, another thing that I think is just ludicrous is we we know that our our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with other people is like the most important thing to our lives. It's like why we mm-hmm. exist for a lot of people. Um Yet it's almost, I mean, we never learn to do it. We, we don't go to school for it, yet we're ex- we think we're going to have, like, amazing relationships. We think we're going to, like, feel so good all the time. But we never, we never learn how. And I really think it's a skill. I think it's a practice. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, just to riff off that a little longer... Um, so frequently people hear about what I do and they're like, so it's like therapy. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't like no, but yes. (laughs) And it's like the only context we have to get in touch with yourself is to experience mental illness, um, and then go to therapy. Um, there's no place in our like normal culture for you to just be like an average Joe on the street and want to improve your relationship with yourself and with other people. 
hundred percent. I mean, I think, I do think that like lately it's becoming more and more a part of the conversation, like, which is something I'm extremely grateful for. Well, and you're a part of that. So thank you for making it more a part of the conversation. It's like, you know, there's no going back now. I'm certainly on the path of like learning as much as I can about this. But I mean, what you said about like, not, we don't learn how to do it. Like that, that reminds me of, um, like I read, uh, I recently read all about love by bell hooks. I'm not sure if you've read that book. I have. Yeah. Oh my God. Like when she talks about, there's no widely agreed upon definition of love and, you know, no one, no one is taught how to love yet. Everyone assumes we know how, like, it just, it's so true. And, um, there's just so much room. We have so much room for improvement and learning and, you know, figuring out how to connect, like really, truly connect. And I feel like the world is so thirsty for it. Um, but, uh, okay. I have two questions for you. First I'll ask, can you give me like just a rundown of like what happens in a coaching session with you? Well, I will say it depends a bit on if it's like a coaching session with me and it's your first coaching session with me, or if it's a coaching session with me and we've been working together for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think by a long time, I mean like a few months. Um, so, you know, everything I do is around where my clients want to go. So I actually won't work with people who can't define why they want to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise like, you know, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. That's, that's not what I'm about. I'm also not trying to solve anyone's problems. Um, it's, I work with people who know that they want to get someplace, are ready to do the work to get there, and then realize that there's a way that they need to see themselves Um, almost a space that needs to be held for them to encounter themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can do that work. Um, And then there's also a lot to be said for doing work on yourself in connection with other people. Um, Self-work is hard. So having someone who um, almost like holds space for you and creates a sense of like belonging and connection for you as you're doing it is hugely supportive for, for the individual. Um, so I tangented a little bit there. So I want to kind of wrap back in. So I think the very first thing I do is we talk about goals. Where do you want to go? Um, then we talk about where are you now? Um, so, you know, how are we going to get from point A to point B? And then we really start to do a lot of work to understand deeply, like, where are you now and why are you there? Um, and that actually looks like a lot of physical practices. Mm -hmm. Um, so understanding like how much can you feel yourself? What is your experience of feeling your own body? Um, and for a lot of people, like the vast majority of people, it's like, Um, my whole world is conceptual. It's almost all in my head. When I say like, what lets you know you're feeling sad? They're like, well, I don't know that I have the thought that I'm feeling sad. And I'm like, well, okay, what in your body lets you know you're feeling sad? And that's usually this like aha moment for people. Um, Like at first it's like the aha is, oh, I don't know. And then over time, it's like, gosh, I know I'm feeling sad because I have a bit of a tingling behind my eyes. My chest is heavy. Um, My eyes are actually really heavy. And I kind of just want to like sink into this chair. And I'm having the thought that like, um, I just wish things were different. And there's like this level of self-awareness that starts to come. And in that, like one, there's the aha that um, the word sad is actually a symbol for a physiological experience. 
um, that we're so trained into that it just like happens like that. It's just, it's, it's nearly immediate. Um, but there's so much underneath. And then, um, you start to see your patterns basically. And then you start to have agency in those patterns. You start to be able to notice like, um, oh my gosh, I'm holding myself so tightly all the time. And, um, it's because I'm actually afraid of making contact with people. And then we can start to like really look into that, which is, you know, a whole process. Dang, that's wild. Um, okay. I have a little curiosity question here. Um, what do people describe Mm -hmm. joy or happiness feeling like? Oh my gosh, you would love, so this actually gets into like a workshop I do. Um, so my main workshop is called Real Talk and it's all about like the reality of talking is that we're, we're bodies talking mm. to bodies. Um, and, um, I make people do this exercise at the beginning to get in touch with feeling where, um, basically I have people imagine their perfect day, um, get in touch with all of the things that are like really amazing about a perfect day. And usually they're things like love, peace, joy, um, connection, like beauty. And then I ask everybody to pick one. So let's say joy. And then I say, imagine, and maybe you could do this now, like feel in your body as if joy was never going to happen again. Um, Like there, yeah, just feel that. (laughs) Okay, we don't need to go any further. You get it. Um, Okay, and now feel the opposite. Um, Imagine a life that is just overflowing with joy. Um, Like you are skipping down the sidewalk, like singing at the top of your lungs and you don't give a shit. You are so happy. Um, And I know when I think about that, like my eyes get really big. Um, there's like a quality of levity in my voice. Um, my chest expands and gets more open. What's there for you? I, I mean, I imagine like the, the skipping, like there's like a bounciness to it. Like, um, and you know, maybe this is like a, something I should imagine every day and see how it evolves. But like, for me, I I do feel like a warmth and like a, fuzziness to it um but it's like a light fuzziness like um almost like a like a round um like a yellow round fuzziness I don't know that's just like maybe that's like part of a visualization um but it feels great like it's interesting how even just the visualization or like the like channeling of what that would feel like can evoke that stuff. Well, and that's because like joy is really a, it's a pathway. It's a, it's a channel. It's a, almost like a reaction that's happening inside of you. So you actually always have joy. Um, and you can get in touch with it all of the time. A hundred percent. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I believe, like, I know that. I know it. You know, like, it's, it's something that you can tap into. And, like, I feel like it has gotten a lot easier for me as I've, like, um, gotten more in touch with myself and, like, more in touch with my, um, like, my my true higher self, like being able to really think about that stuff um, and drop into those feelings for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why like Buddhists spend years doing compassion practice. Um, And it's just that it's like, you're, you're actually training your body to access compassion. Um, Yeah. It's totally, yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. cool. Um, What advice would you have for someone who like maybe is listening to this conversation or um, 
is like just beginning on this path of like getting more in touch with themselves like what advice would you have for them uh around like how can you take those like first or early steps to feel more and get more in touch Mm. um I think I'd say two things one is like anytime you notice you're feeling an emotion just ask yourself what lets me know I'm feeling this um and you know it's okay if no answer comes if the answer is like I have (laughs) no freaking clue um you know I would even take it one step further then and be like okay like what lets me know I have no clue Um, And then it's like, oh, I'm numb. And then it's like, okay, what's the sensation of not feeling? Like that's a sensation. Um, And just let it be a practice. Um, No like specific result expected, but just ask yourself the question. um, What lets me know I'm feeling dot, dot, dot. Um, That's a really good first one. And then another practice that's maybe like a smidge, smidge more advanced, but it's um, one that I really like to start people with is um, it's this idea of clench, unclench. Um, Mm. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, So basically anytime I have a decision to make, like, um, do I want a cup of coffee or do I want a cup of tea? Um, do I want to like go to my friend's birthday party or do I want to stay in, um, and like be more mellow? I give myself the options and I just try to notice like, where does my body clench? And then where does my body unclench? Um, and it's really interesting because it's so subtle and you'll notice it like coffee, tea, I actually, like, my whole body right now softens around tea, um, which probably Mm -hmm. has to do with, like, it's the latter half of the day for me, Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you, um, I guess it's like you start to follow the the opening or, like, the release in your body. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like a just easy test like it it kind of actually reminds me of when you were like what does it feel like to imagine that you'll never feel joy again (laughs) it was like ooh, (laughs) yeah that certainly feels a certain way and it's like more obvious so it's like you train your mind to like figure that out and really name it which I think can be super powerful Yes, definitely. You notice it like, ooh, clench, unclench. Well, and then you'll start to notice, like, are you making a lot of decisions that are in clench? Like, that's interesting. Um, Do you unclench around particular things? Um, Like, all these different, like, patterns and intricacies can start to arise. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's so helpful. Um... I think that's going to like hopefully be, you know, something that um, folks find to be um, helpful. I mean, I think for me, like I certainly have a lot to think about moving forward. I think like it kind of like the first place I went to when you think about like clench, unclench, like how does it feel to make certain decisions? And then, you know, once again, I, I realized like, sometimes when I'm making decisions, I, one thing that complicates things is, uh, impatience with myself and like feeling the pressure of like, Oh my gosh, well, I have to make a decision. And then that adds like another layer to it. Um, which is just like another reason to like have compassion for yourself and patience and just be kind to you. Um, which in turn would make everything easier. It does. Um, you just reminded me of one more thing, and I'll I'll share it with people just because I know for me, um, sometimes just like having little phrases is really helpful. So oh, yeah. yeah, like having the question, like, how do I know I feel that? Or like, how do I know that that's the emotion I'm having? Um, knowing clench, unclench, and just getting to have that little word cue. 
And, you know, the final one I like to think about is, um, I got this from my friend, David Martinez. He's actually in the San Francisco area. So maybe I can share his information with you. Oh yeah. Um, he teaches a class called I'm bodied, um, former dancer. And it's all about getting into your body. He's, he's super rad. Um, and he asks the question, what are you feeding your nervous system? Um, and I think that's so interesting because we think about like eating well or exercising or like taking a nap as these things that are purely physical. Um, but holy moly, like when I, I run with this running group sometimes and when I run through the woods with a big group of women, um, my, like, I, I just feel like my nervous system just being like, yummy, 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 yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, versus like, you know, running by myself with um, like a podcast down the street. I mean, it's still, you know, sometimes that's what I want. Um, But they're, they're feeding my nervous system, like very, very different things. Um, So I say like, or, or, our systems organize around safety and around belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you think about like, how am I feeding my system that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think that's really helpful. I mean, uh, we talked about how I'm like, you know, recently on the path of like really intentionally and consciously both like getting in touch with and strengthening my nervous system. And uh what I thought about when you when you provided that little anecdote about running with a group of women through the woods, which sounds incredible, um, is like breath work. Like I, you know, occasionally go to the breath work class, um, which is wonderful. It's like a group of like really open hearted folks like coming together to really like, you know, um, consciously like provide a like flow of oxygen to your nervous system and your body. And, um, and like I've in those groups, it's like incredible. Um, and then like, I've also tried to do breath work at home, um, by myself and it's just not the same thing. Like it certainly is still impactful, but, um, it's just like the effects of it are like so much more like warm and robust when I'm in that group. So, yeah, I think that that's like a really powerful example. Yeah. Yes, that sounds um I mean god, that sounds like such great work to be doing, like breath work with with people. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. really wonderful. I am like so grateful for the opportunity and the experience. I mean, this place is just not even a mile away from my house, so that's been one thing I've been um really happy about with uh, my relocation. But um, so we've been talking for a little while now. And I just want to see like, is there anything else that you want to touch on or any questions that you have? Because I have just loved this conversation. And I I really want to make sure that like, um, that we touch on everything that that maybe you had thought of before as well. Mm, Thanks. Um, anything else I want to touch on? I mean, I just think the final thought I would leave it on is, um, listen to yourself. It's like such a simple idea, but it's actually so complex. And I think, um, your body is this extraordinary compass um, it knows what to do. And we live in a culture that tells us to override it. Um, but so much more is possible when we listen to it. Absolutely. That is so beautiful and so true. Thank you so much, Mika. I just have enjoyed every part of this talk with you and I'm so grateful for you and um, I'm really excited to share this yes thank you Allie and likewise it's really just been a joy to go down this 
um, I don't know, road of talking about this topic with you. It's gotten me to think about it and it's, it's really fun to get to share with people.